Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here from Life Poured Out International. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle Paul declared that to the Ephesian church. That was a word to believers. We want the beauty, the power, and the presence of God to um, shine upon our hearts so that we can manifest the truth and walk out our destiny in Christ. We need an awakening in our heart so we know who we are, the tools we have, the God that we serve, so we can truly make a supernatural impact for the kingdom of heaven every single day that we're here on earth. And so thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you are new um, to the show, we have a new show every Monday and Thursday releasing through the Charisma Podcast Network. You can go to charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to to tap into this. And um, I'm grateful to have my guest here on the show today. And the way we usually start is um, a scripture. I love to share the word of God, kind of lay a foundation for where we're going for the rest of the show. And so I'm going to read it of 1 John 2.14. This is kind of the second portion of verse 14, but this is 1 John chapter 2 verse 14, and uh, the Apostle John says this, I write these things to you, young people, because you are strong, and the word of God is treasured in your hearts. Therefore, you have defeated the evil one. I'm going to read that one more time. I write these things to you, young people, because you are strong, and the word of God is treasured in your hearts. Therefore, you have defeated the the evil one. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The power of the word of God, treasuring the word of God in our hearts. Um, Spiritual warfare is what we're going to be really diving into, but how we could walk in wholeness and victory, um, spirit, soul, and body. And so my guest is Donna Da Silva. She's the founder and co-leader of the International Bethel Sozo Ministry, um, along with Teresa Leipshire. She and her husband, Stephen have ministered from Bethel for the past 20 years, as well as preaching, speaking, and authoring several books. Uh, Donna's manual on shifting atmospheres has become a sought-after tool for daily empowerment. Definitely very, very powerful. Um, Whether training sozo or preaching or ministering prophetically, Donna releases people, churches, and cities into vision and freedom. And so no matter how traumatic the wounding, Donna ministers with authority and gentleness, imparting hope and healing. Sozo is a powerful ministry that has impacted my life and many people around the world have been a part of Iris Global for many, many years, and they do a lot of Sozo ministry. And so, um, Donna, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. So before we dive into um, our, our main topic here, I always like to ask my guests how they first encountered the Lord or how the Lord first awakened their heart. Yeah, um, mine's not that, you know, phenomenal. I <laughs> I was I had a, a boyfriend, and he decided to take me to church. And so when I was nineteen, I came to the Lord, and it's been um, amazing following God ever since. Wow, have you um, you encountered the Lord? But when it comes to kind of supernatural ministry, Holy Spirit ministry, is that something that was that came automatically, or is this something that came over time? Well, the church that we belong to, non-denominational church, believed in the Holy Spirit, and uh, I, I feel like even allowed the Holy Spirit in our own life, but never corporately, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there was no speaking in tongues. There was no—I uh, I remember there was no, you know, evidence of, of the power 
in, in a meeting. I remember the pastor telling me, we believe in healing. We've just never seen it happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. And I mean, people would pray for healing, but it would be more like, okay, Jesus, you know, if you want to heal this yeah. person, and then we'd send them home, you know, there was never an expectation he would heal or, you know, or hope he would. So, but way back then, uh, and I'm, I'm almost 60, so that's been many years. I, I remember the Holy Spirit falling on me in this little tiny one-room church where we were having a specific outside of Sunday prayer time. Mm-hmm. And I knew the Holy Spirit fell on me. There was no evidence of speaking in tongues, but I felt His presence. Yeah. And then I didn't actually, and you know, reading the Word of God, the Word came alive, but I didn't know what this was other than, oh, that's the Holy Spirit until Bethel, to be honest, coming to Bethel 25 years ago and, and then realizing, oh, 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 that's what the Holy Spirit is for. <laughs> that's who he is. Yeah. And to see the miracles that have taken place and to follow the Holy Spirit, to, to learn how to follow him. And yeah, I, I do remember before coming to Bethel, I really struggled in my life with performance, perfectionism, jealousy, envy. And as a Christian, that didn't change. Yeah. You know, you got nicer and kinder and you hit it better. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I remember having a women's conference and, and jealousy just popped out and I got embarrassed because I said something as a verbal processor that showed what was in my heart that wasn't Christ. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to my car and just telling the Holy Spirit, there has to be more to this. Then, you know, I said, God, you died for, for us to be whole. There has to be more than this. And I told him, I said, I'm done. I'm done serving you. I am done pretending I'm a good person. And I just, as clear as day, the Holy Spirit, I heard him say, so where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's checkmate because yep. I have nowhere else to go. Sure. You know, when you've tasted Christ, even without the, the Holy Spirit infusion of power, you you know truth. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, there's checkmate. I, I have nowhere else to go. And then within a year, we were at Bethel. My husband was the CFO at Bethel, and we had to attend the church. <laughs> and so it was very boisterous. You know, that was, it, it was um, Assemblies of God and a whole different mindset. People actually raised their hands and danced in church. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> but because my husband was an employee and we had to attend, it kept me there even through my religious spirit until year or two in. And I just got all this freedom from the Holy Spirit, to be honest. Um, And then from then on, it's just been, wow, God, I had no (laughs) idea I was missing out on who you are. Yeah. A powerful spiritual journey. And so is this where Sozo was, uh, uh, release. Tell, tell us a little bit about Sozo and how that started before we dive into your book, Warring with Wisdom. Yeah. So in 1997, we were about to have this new evangelist come through, Randy Clark. Well, almost everybody knows him now, but we were Mm -hmm. like, who is this guy? We don't know. And he didn't know us. And so before he goes to a new church, he sends out someone to teach people how to pray. And I think the idea is we want, he wanted everybody on the same page. And, and I'm, I'm liking that to Smith Wigglesworth, who would say, you know, if you don't believe in healing, I don't want you in the room when I'm praying for healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's like, get out, because I need everyone to believe, you know, only believe. And so, you know, he sent someone, his name was Fred Brewery, 
who came to teach us this manual about how to pray. And we sat there on a Saturday, how to pray for people. And, you know, most of it, you know, most of it is obvious, but there was a page and a half in there that they call the 10 steps to freedom, which came honestly through Pablo Batari. This mm-hmm. is going to be you know, going down the, the lane here, who <laughs> was the deliverance minister for Carlos Anacondia. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and so in Argentina, um, Carlos Anacondia is like, you know, the people that get saved in his in his outreaches, 15 years later, 95% of the people were still in church serving the Lord. Beautiful. And his comment is, in America, we would have our great, you know, people that would do evangelism. We have some amazing ones. But if you research it later, maybe only 5% of the people were still in church 10, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And he said, because in America, you get people saved, but you don't get them free. Wow. And so people would get saved, meet Jesus, and Jesus is always the answer. And then it would be like the person who, you know, receives, you know, the the seed that is sown and they receive quickly, but the cares of the world take them away or the hot sun scorches it or the birds eat it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said to get them to that place where they're actually still holding on to it, you need to set them free as well. So that's where Sozo came from. Absolutely. And it's made a powerful impact. Sozo ministry is all over the world. I know people who have been impacted by the ministry. And so um, I know you just recently wrote a book entitled Warring with Wisdom, and you go into spiritual warfare. And you wrote a book called Sozo as well. I highly recommend people tap into that, as well as a book called Shifting Atmospheres. But let's, let's talk about warring with wisdom. It's about spiritual warfare. You definitely go into wholeness and, 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 and Sozo in the book as well. But tell us a little bit about... I'll, I like to rightly define this to help people understand because some people, hey, there's all kinds of books on spiritual warfare. Some are great. A lot of them a little bit off base, more demon focused than God focused. A lot of formulas that aren't necessarily biblical, but we need to have a grounding um, um, and a powerful definition and foundation here in spiritual warfare. Rightly define this um, and maybe give us a, 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 a biblical perspective here as believers on spiritual warfare. Yeah, well, I think what makes my messages so sellable <laughs> is that I make them simple. Sure. So I'm not I'm not giving you, you know, 20 years of research um, you need to have. You know, like the Sozo ministry is all lay people. We're, we're all lay pastors. And you can do, if you can follow the Holy Spirit, you can do Sozo. And it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So the simplicity of the message, and, and I think about that with, with scripture, you know, the simplicity and yet the complexity at the same time. And so a lot of what I write comes out of what I've learned in the years of helping people to get set free. And so spiritual warfare, again, another, the Shifting Atmospheres book talks a little bit about, it talks all about the spiritual realm and how we battle the spiritual realm. But warring wisely takes, okay, here's the spiritual realm. But then there's also the physical realm and the soul realm, the mind, will, and emotions. And if, if we're battling with for our mind, will, and emotions, the same way we're battling in the spirit for the spirit realm, we're not going to win the battle as effectively. And the same with the body. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking at is that this is a, a book of warfare in how to separate the body, the spirit, the soul and do proper battle so that we win in every aspect of those mm. areas. Yeah, absolutely. And you lay a, um, a really good foundation in terms of 
you know, giving believers the proper perspective going in the spiritual warfare where it's like, yes, there is a spiritual realm. There is angels, there are demons, there's God, there's a devil. We understand that there's a war taking place in the spiritual realm, but we need to have the perspective as believers that we are on the winning side and that Christ has won the day, his life, death, resurrection, ascension, all things are under our feet as believers, you know, principalities, powers, mights, and dominions are beneath us because we're co-seated with Christ. That revelation is so essential because I feel like a lot of people um, shy away from this message of spiritual warfare because it instills fear. They just don't understand it. They don't want to talk about these things or engage in these things. So they almost just pretend like it doesn't exist. But at the same time, there's attacks, you know, taking place in their against their mind, against their emotions on a regular basis. And if they were equipped in this, then they would see more victory in their lives. Absolutely. And especially when you, you can discern correctly what the battle is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just use an example. So let's say that um, someone comes in with a broken arm and you're like, okay, that broken arm needs to be reset. You know, so we probably need to send them to a medical doctor. Okay. Mm-hmm. But let's say that they continue. They're always tripping. They're always falling. Something is going on where they're continuing to break bones. Well, maybe there's a spiritual dynamic to what's tripping them up. You know what I mean? So if there's something going on there in yeah. the spirit realm that we need to cancel and take care of and also go set the, muscle, the, the bone. You know, of course, Jesus in an instant could set the bone. If mm-hmm. he doesn't, <laughs> then we need to send him to a doctor to set the bone. And so, but with that, let's say that you continue to always break your bones. Nothing is ever um, happening that keeps, feels like you're um, getting better. Then you become afraid to live life. I'm afraid to take a step. I'm afraid. And so now fear is also something I'm dealing with. Well, fear is a spirit, but it's also a mental mindset. So if I'm battling fear just in my mind, but it's a demon then I'm not going to completely win this battle. I'm going to be tormented because I'm not fighting effectively. I'm, I'm working in my mind what needs to be silenced in the spirit realm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I'll tell you where I came up with this. And I had a woman who came in for a sozo, and um, she walks in and she's exhausted and she starts telling me her story. Um, her story is that at two or three in the morning, she wakes up every night. She can tell that there's a presence, an evil presence in her room. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's afraid. Um, she, she is telling her mind, it's not real. It can't be real. There's nothing here. Christ is in me. And um, she looks up and she feels the presence. It's still there. And so she's fighting all of this battle in her mind. And then she says, and it's not stopping this. She'll fall asleep maybe out of exhaustion at four or five in the morning. And then she tells me, and by the way, I've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue. And I'm like, well, of course you have, sweetie. You're not sleeping. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. your body is being affected by a spiritual dynamic that you are not taking care of spiritually. You are actually trying to take care of it by your mind. So she was trying to take the thoughts captive and try and tell her mind it's okay, but she wasn't actually rising up in the spirit and saying, fear, go in Jesus' name. You have to bow. So there's three parts here that I saw so clearly um, that needed to be taken care of. And actually, she had worn her mind out. She'd worn her mind, will, and emotions. Her soul was worn out from the battle because her spirit wasn't doing its job. Yeah. 
Wow. That's, that's, you know, we, we, we need a revelation and insight on these things. And I feel like this is something that happened in my life and I'd love your perspective on it. Just talking about torment, how the, you know, the enemy, you know, was, you know, shoot, there was fear that was attacking this woman's life. But when I was young, I opened doors in my life, 13, 14 years old, doing drugs, partying and all this stuff. And as a young kid, I would have these dreams, these demonic dreams, and I would wake up and I would see, I would literally see a demonic presence in my room and I'd be paralyzed with fear. I wouldn't be able to talk. My mother would tell me, use the name of Jesus, and but I wouldn't even be able to say the name of Jesus, and I believed in God, but I really I wasn't following the Lord, and then I would struggle so much to say the name of Jesus, and then I, de- I finally was able to get his name out, and, and the spirits would flee, and this happened continually, and then when I got saved at 19 years old, it got worse. It almost like intensified, and it didn't happen every night, but it happened a lot, and um, it was almost like the enemy was infuriated that I was born again, and now on the other side... And then I learned through this, though, the word the, the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, well, memorize these scriptures on authority and, and take your authority and, and learn who you are in Christ. And so before I went to bed, I would confess the word of God and I would, you know, I tread upon every snake and scorpion of all the power of the enemy and nothing shall injure me and all these scriptures and authority. And then it, sometimes it wouldn't happen at night and sometimes it would. And then there'd be these lies that would attack my mind when it did happen. Like, see, where was God? You prayed and it didn't happen. And I had to, I had to realize that those bombarding thoughts were coming from the enemy to get me to doubt God and his goodness and his, you know, and his faithfulness in my life. And it happened for a period of years. And it wasn't because of some kind of, trust me, I've had people, I had people lay hands on me. I tried deliverance ministry. I tried all kinds of things. I just wanted it to stop. And it wasn't, I, I don't, I don't truly believe it was attributed to something I was doing in my life, but there was a fear there that I was scared that it would keep happening. And over time I started to realize like, wow, if the enemy's attacking me, he must be intimidated. I must be doing something right if he is concerned about attacking me. And then I would encourage me and I'd say, okay, well, I must be making a difference. And it would happen before I got a breakthrough in several areas of my life a lot. And I started to realize like, wow, I, I stopped being scared of it. I started to realize the enemy is under me and he's a liar and he's got no authority in my life. And I really began to exercise that. And when I stopped fearing it, it stopped happening. It took years. It, it took it took years. Honestly, I wish it I wish it didn't take as long as it did. But I got freedom, and I was always so confused about that. Well, okay, so I have kind of the same background and the same idea. I'm not not drugs. Mine was through um, horror films, okay, martial arts, stuff like that. So for me, I had an open door to fear and the enemy's number one tactic is fear. Yes. And Mm -hmm. the number one way he brings fear is he lies. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, you take care of the lies, you take care of fear. So I actually had night visitations that were physical, that were terrifying. And I same thing. I would be like, I would even think I'm calling upon the name of Jesus and it wouldn't stop. And, And I'd realize, Oh, I'm still laying flat in bed. I'm not up yet saying the name of Jesus. And so the moment I got the word out, it had to bow. It had to stop. Sure. But then you're wondering, okay, why why won't it? Why does it still have this? And I found out that, you know, obviously through Sozo years later, I realized, oh, I had an open door. And my open door was fear. Mm. And <laughs> hello. But the open door to fear came through all the horror films I watched, you know, like just try to scare me, you know, yeah. or my, you know, like learning martial arts where you know, you, you have a key and you have the ability to open a door in the, your spirit realm. And, and so I had some open doors. And honestly, as a woman, spirit of fantasy is also part of that whole thing within uh, that realm. Mm-hmm. But I can remember telling um, a Christian pastor, a woman, privately saying, 
I have this happening and I need help and I, I want it to stop. And she said, oh, you're a Christian. That can't be happening to you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so either you're, I just sat back. I said, either you're calling me a liar. I didn't say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm making this up, you know, or you're telling me I'm not saved. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really went to the Lord and said, well, God, I, I do think I'm saved. I do, at the time, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but again, I didn't have the manifest of that, other than, I, you know, reading the Word, and you could tell the Holy Spirit's opening the Word of God. And it wasn't until actually I closed the doors that it stopped, and it's never come back. Wow. Um, and so closing the doors for me is probably different than you. Is I, I repented for watching horror films. And, you know, I can, I can reopen those doors. But I, I choose not to. Of so course, if something yeah. comes on TV that some people can watch that I can't watch, I'll leave the room. And I won't do it like, oh, my gosh, you guys are horrible. It's like, no, this is not a good door for me. And the other one is I cannot watch hardly any uh, romantic comedies mm, okay. um, because it opens a door to a spirit of fantasy to me that opens that nighttime visitation. And I, I'm just like, no, I can't do it. So yeah. you have to know what the doors are to keep them closed. That's really good. So insight. for you, mm-hmm. yes, for you, you're like, okay, well, I'm not doing drugs anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not out partying. I'm not, why is this thing still attacking me? Well, I would say, number one, we repent and we ask God to close the doors. And, you know, if we don't know that, then there could still be a door open. You know, you might, you might've had, you know, so it stop now, but you might've had an attachment to, you know, some trip you took, a um, mm-hmm. long time ago that opened a door to the demonic and you just needed to close that door. And um, like I said, it's never happened since, but I don't watch horror films. I don't do martial arts. I mean, there are things that I, I abstain from because I know, and I don't watch, I don't read romance novels. I mean, yeah. I know even Christian ones and I, I bless anyone who can, this is my boundary, not anyone else. Sure. Yeah. But exactly. it just, it, it took me in my mind to this, partnering with a spirit of fantasy that I didn't know I was partnering with. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just thought it was ima- my imagination. What a great imagination I have. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's really interesting well, insight because I was thinking about the other day, like honestly what I've experienced growing up and what I experienced as a believer. And I had a mentor in my life, newly saved where I fell in love with the presence of God. And all I wanted was a presence of God. And I had a mentor in my life that was into intercession and the prophetic. And she had the gift of the discerning of spirits. And she prayed for me a lot. And she's, and I served her for years and that gift of discernment really enhanced in my life. And I feel like being able to discern the demonic and then getting saved and being able to discern the presence of God and the anointing kind of being in that atmosphere at Christ for the nation's Institute. And then with Iris, um, with Iris global, really just learning a lot over the years. I've got a, I've got a strong sensitivity when things that are, you know, demonic are taking place and when God's really moving in the atmosphere as well, or in someone's life, I could sense that too. Like even in conversations where you know, people are talking about maybe drug use or people are talking about like demonic things that have happened to them or whatever. I begin to sense sometimes like something dark that kind of came in just through the conversation of entertaining you know, laughing or just being entertained by things that, that are not of the Lord. And then I, I come in and I shift the atmosphere by, okay, well, let's talk about how did God deliver you? And then start talking about the the miracles and the goodness of God and you know, kind of how God brought us through more of a Jesus glorifying conversation. I get sense the presence of God literally, you know, kicking that atmosphere out. And it's interesting because of drugs, like for me, it was drugs. I did a lot of drugs. 
And when I'm watching a movie or a show and there's drug use in it, like um, like they're getting high on mushrooms or they're getting high on some kind of drug and the way the show is being filmed, it, it kind of makes you feel a little psychedelic like you're in that state. Like you're like you're in that state as well. I literally and I tell my wife, I'm like, we, yeah, we just got to turn it off. And it's not that believers can't watch that. A lot of people aren't affected by it. But I am like I literally sense a dark presence when that kind of stuff takes place. And I've got to pray and I've got to worship and I've got to shift the atmosphere when that when that takes place. Absolutely. I, I am right there with you on. And, you know, what? that's why um, rules and regulations make become religion. Right. Because my boundary to keep those doors closed is different than your boundary. Mm-hmm. And so for, for me to tell everyone, nobody can ever watch or, you know, a romantic comedy would be a religious spirit. Yeah. I just know for me, there are only one or two I've ever been able to watch that haven't opened a door for me to go into that partnering with that fantasy mm-hmm. spirit um, that was attacking me at night, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, and you know, it's like, so I just feel like right now, some people are going to be like, oh, no, there's these demons and they're attacking me. No, no, no. <laughs> I just calm down, calm down. <laughs> but no, know, know that when we open a door to the demonic, um, we actually don't get to dictate how he plays in our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there are there are doors we need to repent of and we need to close and then we need to keep them closed. And I don't I don't run away from movie theaters. I'm not afraid of turning on the TV. I just pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is, and I love murder mysteries. Oh my, I love murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. And some people can't watch murder mysteries because somebody's murdered and they're like, I can't believe you can watch it. I'm like, yeah, I love murder mysteries. I love figuring <laughs> out who did it. Yeah. I like to see if I can figure it out before everybody else. But there are some murder mysteries I can't watch because I can feel that demonic thing coming on that is either fear or it is either um, that fantasy thing. And I'm just like, no, and I cannot, I cannot watch this I was, at all. Yeah, I, I was not going to bring this up, but now we're kind of dialoguing. This is a very interesting conversation to me. And so you got things brought up. You know, people, they they quote the scriptures, you know, where it talks about, well, you got to clean the house out. And then, you know, the, like seven more demons will come, right? And a lot of people use that scripture, that, that parable, that word that Jesus shared. They're like, hey, when you get free, you can't let that thing back or it's going to come back worse. And this is very interesting because, you know, when I first got saved, things just naturally fell off me. Drug addiction fell off of me i've never tasted a drug since i've never wanted to do drugs since it was a supernatural deliverance and then i was eating a lot of fast food as a pothead right and as a teenager i was eating a lot of fast food it wasn't good for me and when i got saved i lost taste for fast food um this is just a small like you know just example but i lost taste for it and i just know it's not it's not good for me like god delivered me from the desire to eat fast food. And then years later I had Chick-fil-A and it kind of went down, I went downhill after that four or five <laughs> years later. And I was like, Oh man. And then now it's a little bit hard for me still. And I'm trying to break that open. But when it comes to anything, not just that, let's just say a pornography addiction, let's just say, um, you know, people that, you know, that throw up, you know, after they eat, you know, different bulimia or whatever, whatever the situation may be. If you get delivered from something, what would you say to someone who, cause that's a door that's closed. So what would you say, do, do you think that that scripture applies in the situation? Like it could come back worse if we open that door? What are your thoughts? Well, it, it doesn't say that it'll just come back, but it says you have to put something else in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like, so the demon comes back and finds it's all swept. 
right? But it, it's not, it, you haven't put the Holy Spirit in that place, mm. or you haven't allowed Jesus that, that room in your heart. Wow, that's um, good. And so, you know, if you put, if, if you're like, okay, Jesus, if one of parts of Sozo that I love is I hand to you rage, or I hand to you this addiction, what do you give me in exchange? Mm. Okay, you're filling me. I can feel the Holy Spirit right now for oh, yeah. people who who may be wondering, you know, and that fear, well, I'm afraid to to shut that, you know, to talk to the Lord and let that go because more demons will come. You, you need to place, well, Jesus, are you going to take the place of this demon? Are you yeah. going to take the place? What are you giving me? And the Holy Spirit will come in and fill that space. So yes. I'm not worried about demons coming back upon mm-hmm. people. And I do tell them, you need to keep your door shut. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a that's a major point. You know, we don't we just don't close the door, but we invite the Holy Spirit in to just baptize, immerse, saturate us. And when we kick the lie out, it's we stand on the truth. And the truth is Christ, the spirit of truth. We you know, we we hold on to the truth of God's word. And so that's that's essential. And what when it comes to this, let's just say, you know, one thing that you talk about in your book, Warring with Wisdom, is casting down vain imaginations and warring with the word of God. And, you know, when people receive freedom through Sozo ministry and they go to the Holy Spirit and they receive, you know, uh, truth and they kick these lies out and they're walking in freedom, you know, there are, you know, one way the enemy attacks us is through vain imaginations. How can, now I'd love you, I'd love you to share a little bit about that and how believers can kind of practically really war, you know, against these lies that bombard their, 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 uh, their minds. Absolutely. Well, the funny part about this is it's very easy. You just have to ask God, you know, what lie am I believing? What's the truth? (laughs) And then you you get to start, then you get to start changing. Because now that all the brain science has come out, it used to say that it took about 45 days to change a habit. Now they're saying it's about 60 days. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it tells us in Corinthians to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, right? So, so we are, um, we are taking those thoughts captive, but if you are, continually taking that cap- taking it captive, taking it captive, you're not free. Mm-hmm. And and I just have to say that it's like you are wearing yourself out because what you're doing is you're trying to tell your brain something you honestly don't believe. Mm-hmm. And so if you have this mindset that you're stupid, let's just use an example. Maybe you've been teased all your life. Maybe you grew up, you know, a dyslexic or having learning problems and you, you've learned, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. But then you think, oh, I'm new in Christ. Maybe Christ has even healed your dyslexia, which is so cool. It's yeah. happened for my son. Amen. And But you still have this mindset that you're stupid. Well, you can tell yourself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can, you can do all of these things, but you're trying to convince your mind, right? And so you, you change the mindset and the pathway in your brain. Okay, that's great. But if you don't heal that place down inside, you will self-sabotage because you will go back to what you honestly believe. And so... To have Jesus go in and put his finger on, this is where I learned the lie, that I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jesus, what truth do I need to know? What, how do you want to change what I believe? Once that's planted in your mind, it's not a battle to have that mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And so it becomes much quicker, much easier to set free. So my husband teaches on finances and prosperous soul, and, and he says, you know what, it's how you handle money really is a matter of the heart. And, you know, we, we trained people for years, techniques, how to get out of debt, how to do stuff. But people would always 
at some point self-sabotage. And so he, he's really come up with this idea that belief will always override technique. Wow. So you can go, mm-hmm. you can go so long with this technique of learning how to do this, learning how to do that, but your belief system will override it at yes. some point and you will self-sabotage. Yes. Uh, that's, that's great because Honestly, for me, when I've, you know, come against lies, there's been plenty of lies, you know, as a, as, you know, been a believer for 13 years being delivered and healed from a lot and, you know, having to change my mentality, the Holy Spirit in time of prayer, you know, telling me you've believed this, but this is the truth. And I've had to renounce, repent and, and, you know, and confess the word over my life. And I think that when we're first, um, you know, coming against, you know, when we're first learning to grow in an area, you know, you might put a little more work and attention on something where, you know, on a daily basis, you're muttering the truth over your heart and, you know, but over time it becomes natural. You really begin to see the growth and the fruit. And there's things that I would focus on and, and, you know, prayers I'd pray over myself and things that I would declare that I don't anymore because I've really come naturally into it. And the word of God talks about the renewing of your mind, you know, um, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you're and this book really, you know, helps, you know, I think in, in a lot of ways, first of all, identifying the truth of spiritual warfare and the reality around us, but then also how to practically, you know, step into wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. And there's tons of revelation here in this book. Or even just talking in this conversation, you've brought up some things that really triggered revelation in my own mind about things that I've walked through. And so Sozo Ministry is beautiful. It's powerful. What would you say? I just, I would love to kind of end this out in prayer. And I just believe that, you know, there's people right now, like you said earlier, that are struggling with certain strongholds in their life. It could be, and I'm even sensing right now, like cigarette addiction, drug addiction, um, food addiction, um, lies and fear about their finances, about their relationships, about so many things. And I would love to, and this is obviously something that we have to, you know, that, that, that it's, it's a process and the Lord loves the process of digging these things up and, and planting truth in our life. But I just, I also believe in the instantaneous and I believe in the power of prayer. And so however you feel led, I just know there's so many people that need encouragement in prayer right now. First of all, I would just say, um, you know, for anyone listening that, that is dealing with maybe an issue that hasn't bowed yet, you'd like you, I've been trying, I've been fighting and fighting, this hasn't bowed, just close your eyes with me and, and just take a moment to just, um, re- just, just stop and, and think about what God, who God is and what the possibilities are in God. And I break off of you shame. I break off of you a, a fear of the pattern that just keeps rotating around. Um, I command addiction to bow in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, And I I speak to your spirit, man, and I say, wake up, wake up, wake up, take authority and stand above what you're fighting. And I speak to your mind and I say, peace, peace to your mind, peace to your mind. I speak to your mind that is saying, I've tried this before and it hasn't worked. And I said, yes, but your spirit man needs to take care of the spirit realm. So mind, you're probably overworking. Let your spirit man take charge Mm. and take care of that spirit realm. And then I speak to each and every person's body that is dealing with these issues. And I just say again, peace to the body, peace to the body. I ask your own bodies to forgive you. For any way you have opened the door through drug abuse, eating disorders, um, anything that has hurt your body, 
that your body would grant forgiveness to you for opening those doors. And in so doing, we invite you, Jesus, to come supernaturally touch us, touch our bodies, touch our souls, touch our spirit, set us free from these cycles that we've not been able to get free from. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. All right, Donna, thank you so much for for being with me today. And um, how could people really, I I think they need to grab a hold of a lot of the resources that you have. And is there a place online and how could people get more connected if they want to see, you know, freedom in their life and really, you know, seize these, um, you know, these different tools that you have out there? How can they do that? Yeah, well, my website is DonnaDeSilva.com and my first name is spelled interesting. I love it. D-A-W-N-A, De Silva, D-E-S-I-L-V-A dot com. Um, and you can look me up on, you know, Bethel, and you can get my resources through Bethel as well, Bethel Church, Reading, California, online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I It's basically the best ways to go start in my website and, and move through there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, shedding light on many things here on today's broadcast and for just being the warrior that you are and you know, you're being so obedient to God to release all these resources. And just thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me. For those of you who are listening right now, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll help us get it out to more listeners so they can be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast. Mm-hmm.